0: This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from FalconTwin.com. I'm Brendan, the pod pinhead, and I am pissed. This is Friday. I know you're listening to this on at least Wednesday of the next week, but I record all these podcasts on Friday. And my computer died again this morning for the second time in the nine months that I've owned it. HP support seems totally incompetent and unwilling to actually do anything to help me whatsoever the first time i got a reply from them they said that i should go look into changing the settings in my start menu even though i had already said that my computer would not boot at all and then she said to go run some test on the hard drive which told her that hey the hard drive was fine so it must not be dying at all Doesn't solve the problem that I still have to reinstall my entire fucking computer and all the operating system and all the programs and all the files and all the configuration shit that I had. Thank God I had made a couple extra backups, so I think I actually got off mostly scot-free this time, but I'm sick and fucking tired of this bullshit. I had my last computer for three years and it never died like this once. So I don't know what this shit is, but I'm sick and fucking tired of it. And I'm in a really lousy fucking mood. This is commentary for pages 328 to 338. It's kind of short, but just be grateful you're getting anything with me in this state and my computer in this state. Page 328, out and about. So here we have this little montage scene where Mika's going around doing her thing. I wanted to leave it intentionally a little bit vague so that it wasn't 100% clear what exactly she was planning, although, I mean, I think that... In retrospect, it looks kind of obvious, but there's still a little bit of ambiguity while you're watching it the first time through. People were wondering where Mika got the money. Mika actually has a little bit more money than the one coin that Tresca gave her. I mean, she probably gets a little bit of an allowance, and so she bought the stationery. You can see some little boxes of stuff in the stationery store, which is kind of nice. I originally was planning to have Ennio in the background on panel two looking up at Mika sort of concerned, but uh, I decided that that was ultimately unnecessary, and and might end up tipping my hat a little bit too much, even though, again, I think that people probably had some idea where it was going. If you look, you can actually see steam coming up off that coffee that Mika's having, and then in the final panel here, there's the hotel text in the background, because, of course, Evan and Annika don't have homes in near Tendra, so they went to a hotel, but Tresca has Mika staying over at her place, and then there's the painting on the left, which is the same painting as in chapter two, which I just sort of... I decided that this was going to be the dogs playing poker of this world, and nobody... I mentioned on the forums, I said, woof woof, and it took people forever to figure out what the hell I was saying. And people were coming up with weird, wacky theories about this deep, profound stuff I was saying, and it was kind of funny to watch. But no, the whole idea is that this is just sort of some tacky painting that places that aren't particularly high class would just have on the walls to decorate them. So Mika's giving away her little thing, and, oh, hey, look, what's this comment at the bottom of the page? Fucking computer! By an amazing coincidence, I'm doing the podcast about this page on the same day that my computer died again. So, yeah, um, let's not talk about that. Oh, by the way, kids, if you don't want computers that are going to crash and lose your data unexpectedly for no particular reason and the support isn't going to help you at all, I-, I recommend that you stay away from the HP brand computers. Just a tip. Page 329. So, moment of pause. Here's a little bit more of silent uh, this isn't quite the same sort of montage thing as the last page, but there's Mika staring at Tresca's house. Yet it's not actually identified as Tresca's house. I thought I was originally planning to put a little plate or something next to the door that said Neri, but I guess I either forgot or decided against it for whatever reason. And so there's Mika looking sort of sadly and a little bit conflicted, thinking maybe that she's going to go back inside and talk to Tresca, but ultimately decides against it because she knows. That by now, she's given the letter to the desk at the hotel. Evan may or may not already have it, and so she figures it's too late. So she decides to take off anyway. Page 330. They will clompa to victory. If anyone doesn't know what this means, go to Google and look up, I will taxi to victory. Put that in quotes. It's a very funny little chat log that if you read, you'll you'll understand what I was talking about. So here we have the Durad guys. Not immediately identified as Durad. I think that people probably figured it out on their own when they saw the, the two guys and all the peep warriors behind them. But... Or are the two Durad dudes on the Klampas, which is, I guess, how the Durad get around when they need to, to go places. And it's a good opportunity to draw some Klampas again, which I hadn't done in a while. The guy on the right with the blonde hair, it, it is actually a guy. People weren't sure. A lot of people seemed to think it was a chick, and that was kind of the idea. I wanted it to be sort of maybe of questionable sexuality there. And so he's just a little bit of a—he's he, not entirely man, if you will. But, of course, the commander dude is. And I tried to convey a little bit in the language of the blonde-haired dude that he was maybe not a woman because he says they sent us a damned frozen wasteland, which is a little bit coarser language than women usually use, although not necessarily the women in Falcon Twin. But I was trying to hint at that a little bit, but I don't think that it really made any difference one way or the other to anyone. Page 331, you've got new orders now, buddy. Here's Mika calling out. She's taken off her jacket and stuff and her pants. You can see them sitting on the ground next to her in the first panel. Otherwise, it would have been kind of strange if she was standing out there. And that's part of the reason the guy's confused. But it's also he's not used to people hailing him down Well, when he's you know got 199 other people in tow with him, give or take. I don't know. There might be 200 troops and then the two commanders or, or what. And maybe they have support people along with them, too. I don't know. But in the neighborhood of 200 people. Not that that really... Mattered so I don't even know why I talked about it. Anyway so Mika establishes who these people are and what they're up to and then decides that she's going to just basically give them orders which has always worked out so well for her in the past so that she decides that she's going to do it again here. In this case though she has a pretty good idea of what it's going to lead to and so that's why she's doing it. She knows it's going to provoke a fight and get people kind of pissed off and if you look in the background at the last panel on the page you can see that the troops are there laughing at her which is something that I've done in the past a little bit too. And page 332, Lose the Klompas of War, which is a little joke on that old expression from I don't know where. It says, like, cry havoc and loose the dogs of war. And so here we have the drag commander asking who exactly is going to stop us. And Mika says, I am. And then the guys in the background really go nuts. Originally here I was going to have a line where he was going to say, oh yeah, you and what army? And then Mika was going to say, I'm an army of one. And as much fun as that would be, I ultimately decided that There were so many things wrong with it. I mean, first of all, it's not an expression that Mika would know. And second of all, I don't think that anyone would really find it that funny. So I didn't think the payoff was really there, and so it didn't make a lot of sense. And of course, the guys listening would have absolutely no idea what the hell she was talking about, so it wouldn't make any sense at all. The only reference I made to it is in the background of panel three. On this page, you can see about, I don't know, halfway down the guy's head, it says, One Army. Anyway, the guy prods on his klompa, and we have the requisite, panel of Mika drawing her sword. Actually, a decent-looking sword in this panel. Not so keen on the fingers, but the sword looks all right. And then Mika slices through the poor Klompa's leg in the final panel here, which I, I kind of feel bad for the Klampa, and I think that if Mika could have avoided it, she probably would have, because she doesn't really want to kill these things, because they're nice. But ultimately, it sort of plays into her whole evil scheme, which pans out on page 333. That's no way to get ahead in life, a line lifted straight from Austin Powers, And so after knocking the clump off balance, it falls to the side, sends the guy falling off to the side, and as he falls, Miko lops his head off. And this is something I just kind of wanted to do and get on with it, just because mm, I didn't really feel like going into too much detail on all the killing here. I think that it just, it wasn't really necessary. And and also, too, because there were going to be, you know, a couple hundred people dying here, and I didn't really want to spend a lot of time covering every single one of them. So... I just kind of moved along with it. I was never too happy with this splash of blood on the second-to-last panel on this page. It looks a little bit too sort of fuzzy. And then I was definitely not happy with Mika's pose in the last panel, which, I don't know, it's kind of hard to do a pose like that where you've got the sword in front of your face that either isn't extreme close-up, which I didn't want to do, or it doesn't just have an odd pose to it. And so this one ended up having an odd pose, and Mika's kind of turning away a little bit instead of facing them Straight on, which is intended to somewhat convey her own internal state. Page 334, suddenly there came a tapping. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what that's from. And so there's Tresca moping around. You'd think she would have gone out and done something, but I guess she's just too absolutely low on energy as a result of this whole Durad coming to near tender thing to actually do much. And so, but when she hears a knock, boy, she is able to muster up that energy and goes to open the door and see none other than Evan, who is. Who is there standing to talk to her? Page three thirty-five. You receive a note from Mika with little brackets around that, which is a cute little MMO reference. It'd be nice if I could play MMOs, except for my computer being somewhat broken. But I digress. And so Tresca there is is really expecting Mika and isn't so happy to see Evan. It's not that she's unhappy to see him; it's just that she didn't really give a crap. And so she gets the letter, the letter with the text that I actually drew in Photoshop, where it says Tresca the next part where I have the actual full letter I did that by hand I'll talk about that in a minute and so anyway Evan gives her the letter and it was sort of difficult trying to work it out so it wouldn't be strange why Evan didn't come and see Tresker right away and so I had him say that he just got back to the hotel and got the letter and so that kind of justifies why he didn't get back and, and just sit on the letter for you know six hours and and Deliver it to Tresca actually after dark because Evan may be dumb, but I don't think he's quite that dumb. I think he would have picked up on the fact that there's probably something up if Mika leaves him a letter saying, Don't give this to Tresca until after nightfall. Tresca gets the note and is kind of stunned by it. Evan chastises her a little bit for letting Mika go out, but of course Tresca was really concerned with her own issues at that time. Page 336, so Tresca makes a rash decision that's not really going to work. Evan stops her. And then in the panel three, he says, why don't you come back to the hotel with me and Annika? We'll figure out what to do. Uh, I was so terrified that someone was going to make a dirty joke about that. No one ever did, thank God, but that was just something that I was terribly concerned about. And I even spent a little while trying to see if I could word it a little bit better, and that was the best that I could come up with. But thank God no one made a dirty joke. Of course, they probably will now, but I'll be too busy fixing my computer to really worry about it. Anyway, so Treska makes an excuse not to go with Evan. And she wants to stay and, and see if Mika comes back, but also wants the opportunity to go do something if she, if she chooses to. Page 337. So Tresca finally gets the letter opened and we see it. And this I actually drew out, drew, wrote out by hand on a piece of paper and then scanned it in. It actually took a little while to get the whole thing written out. And I had had the lines for the letter written out for quite a while and it's a little bit over the top in terms of melodrama but that's sort of how Mika rolls it's melodrama is what she does so i decided that it was all right to go a little bit over the top with this cuz she's almost acting here in the letter she writes it down with her name and the kanji underneath her name at the end fortunately no one ever whined about her name being backwards in the kanji because of course you know you're supposed to have the last name first in japanese but fortunately there was enough distance between the two sets of kanji that I think that people understood that she was pairing her name in English with the kanji version of it because I was just I was sure that some idiot pedantic asshole was going to say did you know you're supposed to have the last name first when you're writing in Japanese but they didn't so thank you whoever didn't email me about that and last but not least page 338 griefs upon griefs this is a One of my favorite quotes from John Adams, and the quote is, Griefs upon griefs, disappointments upon disappointments. What then? This is a gay, merry old world notwithstanding, unless your computer is broken. Actually, I don't think John Adams said anything about his computer. But anyway, so Tresca, her legs wobble, and uh, wobbling legs is kind of difficult to convey. The idea is that the strength sort of goes for a second, and so she collapses down onto the couch, and then proceeds to cry about it. And, well, that's really about it. You get to see a nice little bit of her room in the background behind her, which is sort of nice, and and some of the lighting is okay. I tried to knock down some of the lighting in the background to make it a little bit darker and have more light focused on Tresca so that she stood out a little bit more, and I think that worked out all right. Anyway, so that's it for this podcast. Some of the music tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. You can check it out at music.podshow.com. If you have questions, comments, free computers... Then you can send them to me via the email link on the homepage. You can leave a comment in the forums. You can click the audio "send me an audio" button on the podcast page. And if you do have a computer you'd like to send me, then you know by all means give me an email, and I'll tell you where to send it. So there.